One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Episode of Floors Yours, an extension of the Five on the Floor podcast here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. We do this every Thursday night. We mix it up a little bit. Obviously, we've got a little bit more news tonight, so we're going to bring that to you. We'll be here till at least 8.30, although, of course, you can listen to this and view this anytime on our YouTube channel, and our plan is to put it on the podcast feeds as well. This episode is brought to you by Biscayne Bay Brewing, the official beer of the Five Reasons Sports Network, also of Inner Miami and the Miami Marlins got to check out that Tropical Bay IPA. Apparently, uh, the good people at Biscayne Bay, Nick and everybody else, is giving that to Alejandro and all the rest of us for these live tweeting parties. Make sure, again, everybody's asking, just go to the Biscayne Bay Brewing website. You'll find out where you can get the beer other than my apartment. You can certainly find it in a lot of the local Publixes here in the South Florida area and, of course, at many of the restaurants. So make sure you ask for it by name, Marlins Lager, Biscayne Bay Brew, and some of the other ones we're going to start introducing here coming up. We appreciate their support. And we've got a big new sponsor deal we're going to be introducing here over the next week. So we're excited about that as we move forward. All right, here's who we have today. And again, uh, this will be on the podcast feeds most likely, if everybody can hear me. And also we'll end up on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. We've got above me, Alex Toledo. Right next to him, Brady Hawk. He's writing stories we speak telepathically through his eyes. And then Greg Sylvander right next to me as well. No Adam Barai here tonight, although Adam is here in spirit on our text line. So I will be giving you the latest of what Adam and myself and Greg and others at the Five Reasons Sports Network have been reporting. Let's start here. We reported about an hour ago. I put it out there, but again, confirmation from the rest of us in the network. We have more than two sources on this. I feel very comfortable with it. Miami Heat are engaged in trade conversations with James Harden. That's not a huge about James Harden with the Houston Rockets. That's not a huge surprise, except if you're following the national guys, you would it would be a surprise because they refuse to mention the Miami Heat in part likely because they don't really have a lot of sources with the Miami Heat compared to some of the other teams in the NBA. Um, but the one thing that I did report was that thank you, trade Ethan from Harden straight up. Thank you, Miami Alejandro. I'm in better shape. Um, <laughs> but but he uh, basically what came up. Uh, in this, and my report was, and again, Adam has the same information from different sources, that Duncan Robinson is a major sticking point in these trades. That The Miami Heat are willing to put a lot on the table, but they're not willing to put Duncan Robinson on the table in this trade. So at the moment, that could change as time goes on, but for right now, uh, they're not planning to put Duncan Robinson in. The other report that came out from Chams uh, Tremani, I can never pronounce Chams' name, uh, but that basically Ben Simmons had been made available in some packages from the Philadelphia 76ers. Daryl Morey, of course, the former general manager of the Houston Rockets, wasn't clear they wanted to deal with him. Daryl Morey came out right away and denied those reports. I don't believe Daryl Morey, neither does uh, Adam Barai in this particular case. Uh, there's a little bit of gamesmanship. But the other thing that Adam reported, and I can confirm this as well, is that one of the reasons Ben Simmons has been put into these trade talks is because the Miami Heat made a competitive offer to the Houston Rockets. Greg, any other information that I am missing? 
No, you summed it up. I think just the biggest overarching point is that the Heat are negotiating. And initially when we heard that Harden trade talks were under, you know, underway, Tyler Hero was not part of the conversation. Now it looks like it's leaning in the direction of Duncan Robinson being a sticking point. And I think it just points to Miami is trying to maximize um, kind of the weird situation that Harden is in in Houston and if there's any leverage there. And they just don't want to empty every single asset that also is a winning contributing piece to the puzzle. Uh, in the same deal. So they're just trying to find that balance of going all in for a top five player, but also if you can keep a Duncan Robinson in a trade like this, it changes the dynamic of the trajectory of the team, I think, just immediately. So that's what they're they're kind of sifting through that, um, you know, as we go forward. Now, and we're following some of the comments that are coming in. Our producer, Manny Chang, is putting them up here. I'm trying to follow them as fast as I can. So on the podcast feed, this will come in a little bit differently. But I, I believe uh, someone just uh, posted in here, keep Hero and Robinson, please. They're not going to be able to keep both. That, that's never been an option in this particular trade. The question is, could you keep one? The more likely that you keep is Duncan Robinson. But the other thing to consider here is this doesn't have to be a two-team trade. Uh, most of these trades are not two-team trades. We talked about that on Five on the Floor this week. A lot of them are three-team trades, four-team trades. I know when the Jimmy Butler trade was being made um, that basically you know, cer certain members of the Heat organization who had to work out the numbers on that basically shut up their phones to everybody for 15 hours except the people involved in the particular trades because they were communicating with basically 20 teams to figure out if we need to send a piece here, if we need to get a piece from here to make this deal work, this is what we'll do. Alex, looking at it right now, we talked all the time about how Ben Simmons was the trump card, right? Like if you're talking about the one piece that would push a team over the top, that the Heat don't have a Ben Simmons, the Nets don't have a Ben Simmons, Philadelphia has a Ben Simmons. Do you think if they offer Ben Simmons and multiple picks, that's where he ends up? Yeah, that's the thing, though. I'm not as sure yeah. that they're going to get all that. So, you know, if there's multiple reports coming out that they're trying to leverage the Heat's offer to try to get more from – you know, from the Sixers and try to get Tybal, try to get Simmons, try to get multiple picks. I don't know that Maury's going to want to do all that. I think Simmons by itself is already a lot to ask for. I know we joke about Simmons and Embiid and the Sixers all the time, and we're going to keep doing that. Don't worry. It's not going to go away. But that <laughs> man is like 24 years old. He's an All-NBA talent. Like, on, he's already an All-NBA level defender. He's a great passer. Like, that is not, to me, like, giving up Simmons is one thing. Giving up Simmons, Tybal, and multiple picks, that's, I would be shocked if Maury gave up all of that. Uh, Brady, taking a look at it, I mean, obviously, you know, we talk about the Heat's young talent. They have as much young talent pretty much as any team in the league on cost-controlled contracts. Um, it seems to me like it's got to be some combination of – I mean, you're looking at KZ, you're looking at Precious, you're looking at Duncan, you're looking at Hero. They're going to have to give up at least three or four, wouldn't you think? Yeah, for sure. If they're going to have to pull off this trade, that's kind of the – you know, I don't think I'm on either side of it uh, either way, but the problem I've had, I haven't kind of – negated the fact of Harden kind of fitting or anything like that. I think it's just what can they keep? Um, and I think when you're talking about Miami, they always find a way to keep um, certain pieces. So when you talk about trading, you know, people have mentioned throwing in all four. Um, I don't think that would be the case. You know, it seems like that's the only option when a guy like Ben Simmons is throwing, getting thrown into the picture. Um, but I feel like Miami may be able to find a way, you know, to keep one. Um, I think that's the big thing. Because if you're, if you're giving – you know, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Precious, and KZ, you know, people talk about risking the, in the other direction, but th that's a risk, you know. It's not, you know, we could talk about Harden automatically fitting, but in a, in a time like this, especially in a pandemic, you know, you're one positive COVID test away from, from losing in the first round. You know, if, if you just lose all that depth, 
Um, but keeping at least one project, young project in, in a depth piece, I think is, is pretty important. Also, it may not be necessary. Like, I think it's really important to harp on this, that if Ben Simmons was being offered, that, that would be done. If Hero and Robinson were being offered right this moment, it would be done. So I also think that there should be a recognition that, like, Houston's not getting what they think they're getting yet. Well, and we also talked, and I recommend people listen to the pod we did with Stefano Fusaro last night, that – Houston could hold him into the season. I mean, the owner has not wanted to trade him. This could go all the way up until the trade deadline. What if they get off to a better start? What if it clicks with John Wall? What if something changes there? We've seen that happen before. It wouldn't be the first time that a player wanted to be traded and then was talked into staying. Now, it seems like it's irreparable, but a lot yeah. of the situations don't end up being irreparable. Thank you, Jay, for liking Brady's articles. We appreciate it. This is one of the reasons I want to put him on here to show he actually exists. He's not, he's not just me writing stuff in my spare time he actually there he is brady hawk there he is the man the myth the live in the flesh uh, in, in in the flesh he can't have the biscayne bay brew but everybody else can even alex all right so let's uh, but let's talk about this in that context though what brady was talking about i have you know again sort of gone out on the limb i guess i've become the heel on this and I, i'm just going to reveal and i said this on onside radio today what i said to alex on text the other day like i think i know i'm playing the heel here I think the Heat win if they get James Harden. I think the, win, the Heat win if they don't get James Harden. Like, they're going to win either way. Either they're going to build with these young assets and they're well-positioned for the future, and then eventually they either cash in these assets or these assets become core players on potential championship team, or they bring in James Harden and they win. Like, it's not like I'm saying they bring in James Harden and they're going to miss the playoffs. It's just the way I would like them to win would be with this no. organic group that they have. And so it's not for me about Tyler Hero for James Harden. It's about Tyler Hero and Precious and KZ and Duncan and first-round picks. I mean, it's not just one piece. It's all of these pieces. But the Duncan Robinson piece, I put this out there. So let me throw this at you, Alex. The Duncan I said, if you can only keep one, Duncan, Precious, KZ, Hero, which one do you keep by a slim margin – like I, it was Hero over Robinson. And then obviously Precious and KZ were way back because we don't know as much about them yet. For you, if you could keep one, who do you keep? So this includes Duncan and Hero. The, those four. I'm, I'm not even including none because I'm assuming none is going to be part of any package most likely. Okay, you may be able to hold him out. And you know I'm not picking him regardless. I know. Uh, <laughs> no, the answer here I think is Duncan. So if you, it, you're also talking about the premise being the Harden trade. I think if... If the premise is the Heat are trading for Harden and you can keep one, it's Duncan Robinson for me. I think that would just make them almost unstoppable. Like, I can't even imagine that. I I know it's probably not going to happen, so I don't want to even want to get excited about that. Mm. But thinking about that for a second just gets me excited because they would have – I mean, oh, my God. How do you guard that team? You literally have you to pick your poison all the time. Like, the, it's just picking between bad decisions all the time. Man, no, it's Duncan. It's Duncan for me. Who's the other piece? Let me ask you this. If they keep Duncan, let's say they trade Precious, they trade KZ, they trade none, they trade Hero, right? So who's left, right? Because you, you know, Mario Chalmers, I mean, what are you getting at this point, right? Like, Go I mean, on. Right. Bra Bradley. It's a pretty Marcus, good fourth player. And what? And and Olenek is still, I mean, is Kelly even still there? Is that, don't you need Kelly to make the money work? It's Myers who's going to be the backup five. Myers, but also there's guys like Taj Gibson out there that have relationships with Jimmy. I don't, I don't know if he would be the viable. Napier? Like there, there's other veterans, and the Heat have gone down this road before 
where like, you know, you kind of plug and play guys at the end of the rotation. So I, I don't think that but that's something late, to be Greg. That's the only thing, not this late. Like, I, no, that's true. That's true. Know? I mean, um, but here's the, other, here's, here's one other thing I want to mention. Um, Duncan Robinson, like uh, I've, and I've gotten a lot of questions about this on Twitter about like, can they afford Harden Butler out of bio and then Duncan Robinson down the line. Remember the heater hard cap this year because they spent their mid-level exception. They split it between Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless, but they don't need to pay Duncan Robinson this season. They pay him in this, you know, next subsequent years. So, um, so they can make that work. They just, it's going to come with a luxury tax bill. Okay. Well, look, if they're going in on James Harden, Mickey's decided he's paying luxury tax, right? Correct. I mean, that's, and, and that is counter in some ways to what we anticipated because, Again, Carnival stocks up a little bit, but it ain't where it was. Okay, it's still I think twenty three dollars a share right now. You're talking hey. about it was close to seventy before. Big so. Face Coffee though, where what where's that a per share? Right, exactly. Big Face Coffee may may well right. That that's pandemic proof, right? Like that's 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 not like Carnival. Uh, that's a little bit different. So maybe if you want to book a cruise next year, maybe I'll help Mickey out. But uh, otherwise, it's going to be challenging. Um, do do you think knowing the Heat organization the way you do, Greg? Do you think everybody's on board with this? That's a really fun question to think about. Um, yes. Uh, well, uh, man, I'm really struggling with that. I would say that there's probably some people in the organization that if it, if it didn't happen, would be perfectly fine with that happening, like going that way. But there's such an aligned group, so to speak, that I think that in the event it happens, it's because nobody is like at the table saying, I'm the one that is not in on this. I feel like that there would be some alignment, but there's probably, I would say, a developmental coach or two, um, a scout or two that have that are vested to the you know they have vested interest in the success of seeing some of the guys that they've found mm-hmm. flourish in the system so there's probably some of that but it's an it's a pretty aligned front office well the funny thing about you mentioned that is even riley tells this story about the justice winslow trade that when when Ainge called you know to, to trade all those picks for justice winslow riley turned to adam simon, adam simon yeah right he turned to adam simon and he said okay i mean you've wanted all these picks like here they are. Would you make Would you make the trade? And he said no. Um, and and I, I know he trusts Adam. So I mean, he's not the only one he trusts in there. But uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, this mentioned a lot of people are mentioning this. Is and I saw Albert Nahmed came uh, tweeted about this. Apparently, there is a way to get PJ Tucker back in a deal. Um, that would make me feel a little differently about this because I think PJ Tucker next to Bam Adebayo is about as perfect a fit as you can possibly find. Uh, Forget the current replacement. Toughness it's just defense. an upgrade. Is there any way to get that done? I, I don't know. I definitely don't know that. I mean, Albert supposedly tweeted that that's possible, but I don't think he ever tweeted the details. And so originally I thought that they would have to wait till February or March, whenever it is, that they would be able to actually uh, trade Myers or somebody else that was signed in the summer, which it would probably be Myers to make the money work. And if that's not the way, I don't know. Sorry, I'm having that audio glitch again. So I'm going to turn the. Uh, let me let me go to Brady. Uh, how how do you what do you think the the PJ Tucker fit would be? I think like you mentioned, that's a perfect fit defensively, um, obviously, but offensively, you know, you get that guy who can sit in the corner. I think Alex mentioned it right there. That's an upgrade uh, when you talk about a Crowder replacement. Even thinking about you know upcoming matchups with Giannis right now, they're they're a little small at that power forward position. 
Um, they don't have that same guy that can throw it at Giannis, but getting P.J. Tucker obviously fixes that, and it makes you feel a little bit better about the depth of the team um, if you're trading away so many guys. Um, and you could obviously put Harkless off the bench, and that probably makes you feel a lot better. Um, so I think the fit, like you mentioned, next to the band um, is what really stands out. Greg, one of the things that stuck out to me in our conversation yesterday with Stefano is kind of what Houston's direction is, like what what the Rockets want. Because if they had Harden right now with Wall and Cousins, I think they're competitive for kind of between a four and six seed in the Western Conference, right? If Harden's gone, even if Wall gets back to 75% of what he is, the bottom kind of falls out of that thing, doesn't it? I mean, it, so, it feels like it does, yeah. Which makes right? like a it makes a Duncan Robinson almost seem like why would you target unless him? You flip him unless that's you flip what, him that, somewhere else. You beat me to it. Like you reroute him and you get a pick, and you know that there's 25 teams lining up to give up a pick for Duncan Robinson. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what the what they prioritize because I think that that's another big part of this that um, we're not really talking about because we figure they're just going to take what they can get. All right, Miami Alejandro is going in on me. Getting the top five player, Ethan. Now nah, I'm good. Getting PJ Tucker, Ethan said it. I I don't know. I like PJ Tucker. I'm sorry. That's uh. Yeah. I mean, you hit on it. So, so there you go. I mean, I. But, th- but that is part of my thing. I, I don't really know what Houston's end game is here because I don't think they know what their end game is. Like I exactly. I, I feel like the end game was to make Harden happy. That was the purpose of the wall trade, right? And that obviously hasn't worked. It just made him. I, I don't know, eat more, uh, essentially. Yeah. They're scrambling. They're they're McBob and Grangering this entire situation, scrambling to try to pull something together. Those two guys are still available. The Heat could plug them <laughs> into the back of the rotation. We, we should come up with guys. Trust me, Rio's going to be tweeting at them in a minute, okay? Oh, Trust yeah. Me. And our guy, Tito Listen, Minaj, you already know where I'm going with this, man. If they pull hey, up and they need bodies, they can sign Rio. They can sign Beasley. They can sign Shabazz Napier, for all I care. Bring back James. Oh, no, James Ennis is still with the Magic. No, you can't bring that James <laughs> well, Ennis. Well, you, you need to. Haslam said he could still play, so he could be the starting power forward. They're going to have Harkless coming off the bench. Uh, that's what they've been holding UD for all of this time. Um, here's... This is what I'm having a hard time getting my arms around, though. I understand Jimmy wants to win now. Um, I understand he has a relationship with Harden. and But he just got within two games of winning a championship with a shorthanded roster. He believes in this group, supposedly. I guess his, I don't know, urgency to get this done surprises me somewhat. Because... I understood like he wanted Drew Holiday, he wanted Kyle Lowry, but those were not names that were going to cost the entire roster. Like maybe one guy, maybe two guys, but not like six guys and and the rest of the future. It it does surprise me a little bit that he's kind of all in on this because I believe, I I believe he is actually. Really? See, I was going to go the other way. I feel like that he, it's maybe a little overstated in terms of Jimmy Butler. You think? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's just uh, from, Based off conversations I've had with the way that he's embraced like the Tyler Hero thing, as well as just all of what it would cost, uh, I don't know. I just, I, Adam, I know Adam disagrees with me, but we we can disagree. I mean, I, I just don't think Jimmy Butler is pounding the table for this to get done. Because if he was, it would be done. All right, um, and now we got we got the best comment of the day. Uh, to be honest, can, we need Whiteside back. Go ahead, Alex. Because uh, can I'm I play Adam. devil's advocate here? So we know, obviously, you guys know way better than me as the people who actually know these people inside the organization, that there's many there's many minds at play here, right, uh, that, that are collaborating on this decision. 
my question here is to play devil's advocate. What if it's not Jimmy? What if it's somebody else? That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I just heard you. That's the first part. You know, I missed all Damn. that. My Alex comes in with the nuggets. I'm, I'm, well, I'm just asking a question. I'm simply asking a question here. Well, well give me the question because now I can actually hear you. Oh, I said, oh, if it's not, I was saying to play devil's advocate, basically, you know, multiple minds are collaborating here. If it's not Jimmy banging the table for him, I'm saying if, if, if let's say in a theoretical world, some people are in, some people are out. And, and that's kind of what's getting in the way here. Because we know that so many people are kind of, you know, have their hands in this decision. We knew with the Jimmy Butler trade that everybody in the Heat organization was aligned. There was no disagreement. There was no hesitation. There was no worries about the problems in other places. They believed if they got Jimmy in, Jimmy wanted to be there. Basically, Bernie Lee and Jimmy Butler told the Heat, we're in. We're here for as long as it takes. Do what you can to get the deal done. And Andy Ellisberg, in about 15 hours, figured out a way to make that thing happen. Okay? When it almost fell apart six times. Harden's not all in here. Okay? It's one of a few teams. It could be Brooklyn. It could be Philly. It could be here. There might even be a mystery team that we really haven't talked about very much. Okay. So they don't have the luxury of kind of waiting this thing out. Okay. And, and that's my concern here is we know Pat's 75. We know Jimmy's 31. We know that they just got close. They want to win now. Okay. They're a win now organization. They're as, as Spolcher always says, they're about winning championships. That's what we do here. That's what we try to do here. That's what my boss tries to do, right? And my concern is it's like in a panic move here, you throw everything on the table and then you look at it and you're like, okay, how, how do we build this thing around them? They may not be able to build it around this year. Everybody thinks, okay, you throw those three guys on the court. I traveled with the Miami Heat in 2010, 2011. I was in Dallas when they started 9-8. and eight. And uh, let me throw this at you, Brady. Okay, a little bit of context here because you were like four years old when the big three started. But I'll give you two big threes. LeBron, Bosch, Wade, at their stages of their careers, Harden, Jimmy, Bam. Careful. What do you like? No, I'm going with LeBron. (laughs) Smart man. uh, Yeah, just because I was four doesn't mean I'm dumb. (laughs) 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 I think if, if LeBron is involved among those other names at that stage uh that that's just the clear the clear answer well the ages look at the ages right okay um harden's 31 right jimmy's 31 bam is 22 23 23 okay so 31 31 23 and their ages were what Dwayne was i think 28 yeah LeBron, LeBron was, was 26 25 25 boss was 25 right 26 Bosch is a year older, yeah. Okay, so they were, I guess, cumulatively a little bit younger. Yeah. Obviously, LeBron was the top of all of them. Um, could you make a case? I, I, I know. See, this is the problem. Once Harden comes here, you're going to have to start making different cases than you've made before, Greg. Could you no make way. a case that, that Harden at 31 is better than Dwayne was at 28. I'm not talking about Dwayne at 25, 26, but I'm talking about Dwayne when the knees weren't deteriorated yet, but they were were on the way. Hell no. Okay. James Harden is never better than Dwayne Wade, ever. And I don't give a shit what happens if he comes here. They win three in a row. They rattle off championships. James Harden will never be better than Dwayne Wade. That is the end of this conversation. 
The no. end. <laughs> the only time Hardy was better yeah. than Dwayne Wade when he, when he played in Cleveland. Correct. <laughs> Which may or may right. not have we actually happened in that real life. Yeah. That didn't actually. That didn't, that didn't I think it's funny happen. that. I think it's funny that you pose this as a question because we were talking about it in the text chat last night. You know, I was trying to get you to come to my side of, you know, pulling for this Harden yeah. trade. I'm not, and I was I was making the case that that big three wouldn't be too far behind no, that's the true. big three in talent. And I think that's kind of the more interesting conversation, knowing the context that, you know, they'll have Goron, you know, they'll have the Mo Harkless of the world, true. And Avery Bradley, they might get P.J. Tucker and all of this. And whatever else you get to round out that rotation, I think the argument would be, that big three plus Goron and everything else might be right there talent-wise, especially with that first uh, LeBron roster in 2010-2011. Yeah. Goron's the better fourth player. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, Goron is much is by far the best fourth player. I mean, there's no, I mean, there was nobody on that Heat team. I mean, it was supposed to be Mike Miller, I think, or UD, but Mike was hurt, and then UD got hurt against Memphis in like the second week of the season. So that didn't really materialize, and, and, and UD's still here. Um, but let's look at this one. 26-year-old Bosch, 23-year-old Bam, or 22-year-old Bam. Oh, Bam, all day. <laughs> Sorry. That was before Bosch learned to play defense. Bam. Really? really? Yeah. I mean, l- listen, cultured Bosch. Bo- co- where he averaged 24 points a game. This is true. And cultured Bosch showed that he could fit in and make himself work around big superstars, and that's not hard to do. Redefined his game, yada, yada, yada. Bam out of bio, no ceiling, and there was a ceiling to Chris Bosh, and that's just it's just how it was. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think Chris Bosh just... is a takeover player offensively at that point. That's true. That is one element that Bam hasn't done yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. And I, I think Bam just fits with everybody. If you talk about a fit, he, you plug Bam in next to anybody, and, Bosch and he too, fits. Though. But Bosh did too, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think we're diminishing a little. I understand that Chris. Chris admitted to me many times he wasn't a very good defender when he got here. But but Chris offensively was a perfect fit with everybody. I mean, and he and he he managed, you know, he had more offensive game than Bam does, but he managed to pull it back for the rest of the team. But then when they were out and he had to take over in Atlanta or take over in Portland or take over in San Antonio or any of those other places he did, he was able to do it. Royals right. Bosch should be a god in today's NBA. I think that's an interesting debate. I would be on this roster. I would lean Bosch there, but I it's close it's close but Did, yeah lebron lebron over jimmy and and dwayne over harden although i i think greg's i mean you i'm, can't I'm have probably being I'm, I'm being a little bit overboard with the dwayne harden comparison but i stick to to it for culture reasons but i mean i'm not a harden guy but i will i will say that harden right now is better than dwayne was his second year of the big three yeah, no, I'm Dwayne, with you because Dwayne's knees, he couldn't play all the time. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, like, it's very true. And Harden has been somewhat of an Iron Man to some degree, um, like Bam has, right? I mean, like he rarely misses games. Yeah, which, which is remarkable okay. considering that. Uh, before we close here, and before my my wireless goes to- totally off the fringe, apparently this is an iPhone glitch. So make sure you update your Safari because apparently this is the problem. Uh, Want to mention PrizePicks.com. That's the place that you use the code five uh, daily fantasy. This is, we're going to be introducing this new NBA game on there. That's really cool. And if you use the, the code five, you get to double your initial deposit, which gives you more money to play with. Hopefully you played it on the NFL games today, but we definitely want to get you guys involved in it. We're all going to get involved. 
once the NBA season starts next week. Of course, Alex and I are going to be at the season opener Christmas Day. Five reasons fully credentialed to the Miami Heat again, although after all this hardened reporting, perhaps that will change. Uh, but for right now, we, we are still going to be there uh, dodging COVID. Uh, and Alex, maybe you can still have the 100-level seat. We'll see. Um, no, we'll see if, we'll yeah. see if we get all to right. it. I'm going to be live streaming with my nose bleeding. <laughs> that's that's how this works. All right, let's close here. We got one we got one minute left um, before my daughter comes out here with her hamsters. Uh, how does this end? I, I keep asking this at the end of every one of these episodes. Where and, and by the way, um, our guy Clutch is reporting. I can say Adam Bora. He's he's tweet he's texting at us while we're on here that Denver is in the mix as well. So that's a team with assets. That's a team with assets. Mike now, Ford does Harden actually want to play there? Nobody uh, wants to be I a Denver mean, Nugget. <laughs> no. Could you imagine? I mentioned the conditioning test for Denver here, for, for Harden here. Could you imagine Harden in the altitude? Harden in Jokic? Oh, man. Conditioning test. Harden in Jokic? You know what? I'm going to plant my, grand, my ground now. If he doesn't come to the heat, I hope that's where he ends up. So he's in the West. <laughs> He's I would love to see him on the Nuggets. I, him and Jokic would be awesome together. And, like, the, both of them playing in the high altitude, it's just it's comedy gold. Give it to me. But, Alex, you're missing the key point here. I, I've never been to a good a, adult establishment in Denver. That The kind of establishment that James Harden likes. That's That that would be a struggle for him. It, it It's not Miami. They've got uh, other stuff available in Denver that they do in Miami. I can tell you this that. This is very well, true. That's available everywhere. I mean, that's not. I mean, come on. That's 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 available everywhere. All right. So, uh, how does this end, Greg? Um, I, I'm sticking with it. I think he ends up in Philadelphia. I think uh, Ben Simmons will eventually get pried away, and that's where he ends up. Yeah, I think this is a leverage play in large degree. I, I said to take plus five hundred with Philadelphia. I wish I had. Uh, Alex, where does it end up? Miami. I think today helped the Heat. And look, I'm going to give credit to my guy, Adam, because I've been talking to him too. And he just kind of helped me sway me over to the side. And, and I kind of believe it now. Like, I think it really was a leverage play. And it makes me think, especially with Daryl Morey coming out and saying they won't trade Ben Simmons. Like, it just makes it all the harder, all that much harder to end up trading him. And, you know, maybe they still might, but it just looks really bad for you as a franchise. As a result, I'm thinking they're at an impasse. And if that's the case, welcome to Miami. Welcome to Tootsie's. And welcome to the season. You hold Duncan Robinson out. Um, I mean, that's basically what you're able to keep. Plus, the other thing is, if you're Philadelphia or Moray, do you really want the Heat getting those three guys together? That's That puts you behind the eight ball for quite a while. Uh, I mean, at least in Brooklyn, you can say we haven't seen it yet, right? Like, So we're going to see what Durant, Kyrie look like with this group. Philly, though, it's, it's kind of like you're letting the Heat get ahead of you. Again, if you feel it's an upgrade for the Heat. Uh, Brady, your feeling, how does this end? Well, honestly, I just don't think it ends up in Miami. I think it's anywhere is an option except Miami. I feel like, uh, you know, that's just you guys are the ones with the sources, but it just straight off, you know, from the outside, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think the name that got thrown out before that I think is like, I feel like they could kind of go for him is Toronto that we, like was kind of mentioned. Um, I feel like that's like a team that could just, you know, they're at a kind of middle ground right now where, I feel like they can make a move for him, you know, and, and plug him in next to guys, even though, you know, he, he's big enough to play the three, I guess, now next to Van Vliet and Lowry. But, you know, I just think they're the type of team that would kind of make the move. Um, it just It's kind of just what assets they have to kind of give to Houston to, to match what Harden's um, value is. All right, that's it. Follow his articles and follow Brady Hawk, 305, Tropical Blanket, Greg Sylvander, I'm Ethan J. Skolnick. 
Uh, I, Royal Shepherd and I spoke to Tony Fiorentino. It's a great episode. We did 30 minutes with Tony today. It's great stuff. I had to get him to name a, a best shooter in Heat history other than Glenn Rice. Uh, he's never going to be able to look at Glenn again. Uh, but there's a, re- a lot of really fun stuff in it. We will post it by the morning, but we're going to put this on the podcast feed first. Okay, so check that out. Also, get us to 10,000 subscribers. We're damn close right now. So tell people about us. You know, the show moves on. We've got more and more contributors coming in, and we'll be doing this all the time during the season. Prizepicks.com. Use the code 5. Biscayne Bay Brewing. Get some beer at the end of the day. By the way, at the end of the day, Stefano said at the end of the day, was it three times yesterday? Yep. Three times at the end of the day. I hope Tony picked Vashon Leonard. It wasn't Vashon. It's Jason Capono. Get out of here. It, Stop it. It, it, it wasn't him either. Jason Capono will be a god in today's era. End the show. It was Gerald Green. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.